The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, we're going to talk about uh, American Nightmare on yeah. Netflix. So, this uh, landed two weeks ago. It's done very well in the charts. And I suppose a couple of uh, cautions this could be triggering for some people. This could also contain spoilers. Uh, so, just be aware of that. So American Nightmare begins with a man called Aaron Quinn telling us this terrible story about him in 2015 and his girlfriend being at home in their house in Vallejo in uh, California, Vallejo in California, and there's a home intruder and they take his girlfriend, as he describes it, Denise Huskins, and she mysteriously returns about 48 hours later. And what we assume is going to begin as a manhunt of sort dovetails rather scarily into him and more importantly, Denise not being believed. Now, this is not a spoiler, but uh, the nature of the home invasion was kind of uh, outlandish because, you know, there's um, goggles, underwater goggles involved. There's duct tape. uh, There's obviously some sort of... um, sleep-inducing yeah. potion and all of that. And uh, Aaron is actually relatively unscathed uh, yeah. after the ordeal, so-called. And he's told to sit there and he's instructed by force of a camera watching him, supposedly, that he's not allowed to ring anyone because he doesn't make contact with the p- police till the next morning. And as this, and this is all true, by the way, because it would eventually, at, in some quarters, be called The Real Gone Girl. Because you might know this movie from a few years prior to that with Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike, where, it, in essence, a, a, a husband and wife, there was a faking of a kidnap. And that's what people begin to believe. Why don't I give you a little flavour of what I'm talking about? This is the first clip. The Vallejo Police Department was contacted by a 30-year-old male... He was essentially saying that the female, Miss Huskins, was forcibly taken against her will from the residence. Quickly circulated among the media that the witness to this kidnapping is Aaron Quinn, and Aaron is Denise's boyfriend. The kidnapping happened in the middle of the night, but he didn't report it for several hours. So we're looking at each other like, what is this about? Why was there this delay? As of this moment, Ms. Huskins' whereabouts are unknown, and we are treating this matter as a kidnap or ransom. Most abductions are not stranger-related, so we're looking at suspicion falling on the boyfriend. Why would this guy wait maybe 12 hours to, to report to you? Well, unfortunately, again, I can't go into too much details at this time, and we are currently working with him to piece the puzzle together. Now, it's extraordinary from being the victim mm. and being brought in to help to possibly find his girlfriend, Denise yeah. Huskins, he rapidly becomes the focus of their attention as a suspect without yeah. them admitting that in the, uh, at the beginning. And there's, there's an officer with the unlikely name of Matt Mustard. Matt Mustard. And you were talking about Father Ted earlier with, with Pat Mustard, obviously. Matt Mustard. I couldn't believe it. I actually rewind the thing to make sure. And that gentleman in question, and also an FBI agent, David Cessna, I think his name is, come to this case. And it's the story of when investigations go wrong since time began, when law enforcement or who any, whoever, FBI, CIA, are investigating a case and they come 
with their own query in their head and don't let the facts get in the way of what they believed happened. And that's clearly what we see happens in this case. Now, the thing about this is that, and the makers of this, Felicity Morris and Bernadette Higgins, are on my own show Screen Time this week. And the reason why I mention that is because I put it to them that we do have this weird moral bind with these true crime shows, particularly if the victims are involved, that like... They're trying to make entertainment that you and I will go home and binge in a night or whatever. But yet there are serious, incredibly serious crimes at this. But I think this show is gets the right side of that because Denise Huskins is given huge time in this. And I think they go out of their way Mm. not to titillate and to sensualize. I'm wondering what you think about that because I know you've watched it as well. Absolutely not. I mean, we know what happened to her, a description of what happened to Mm. her uh, with her uh, abductor. Um, But there is no titillation in it. It's a fairly uh, graphic description, uh, she says, of his persuasion, shall we say, in terms of uh, the sexual act and so on. And her upset about all of that is so palpable. Absolutely. There's never any doubt in your mind about about her sincerity. Um, There are other people who creep into the narrative uh, because Aaron and Denise, uh, you know, this is early on. Uh, it explains that they were having a discussion about his previous relationship with Andrea. Yeah, and then this is where the cops go then. They start thinking this is, you know, trouble in paradise and they're making wild suggestions about who might be the cause of this kidnap and it has to do with his previously slightly chaotic love life and stuff like that. And then journalists get involved and there's this, in fairness to him, he antes up, but there's a guy from the San Francisco Chronicle, which is a pretty reputable newspaper, it has to be said, who went along for the ride and and at the end of it it's kind of going as the gone girl hoax as as they're calling it this is a a couple who have replicated the gone girl narrative uh, for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and uh, most of the media went along with that if not all of them they sure did. They sure did. And and the tragedy of this is that she goes through this horror. This is Denise Hilskins. And then there's this second horror of not being believed. We went on for a long time. So we might take a clip of Denise, who is front and centre in all this. When taken into what seems like an interrogation room, there's an FBI agent with us. And this officer sits down in front of me and he introduces himself as Detective Mustard. Our goal when this thing started was to see you come home safe and um, I'm glad that you survived um, this incident and ultimately what we're chasing is the truth. They just held a press conference last night saying that I'm lying and so I'm immediately just kind of on guard but at the same time I know that I desperately want to show them the truth and show them that they can believe me. Now, uh, not all the police officers are are baddies. Uh, There is a heroic police officer. I'll say no more than that because it's part of uh, the narrative. But one of the things that surprised me, and you tried to transpose it into Ireland, would it ever happen? The actual interrogation of both Aaron and Mm. Denise, uh, the real live stuff, is actually available to the documentary makers. It's incredible, the footage that they have. Uh, And what I found, and I don't know how you felt about it, but you stand back after you watch the the first episode and you realise you're possibly falling for this. Because there were moments at the start of it where I thought, 
was this a hoax? So it's a very clever storytelling device that they use. You're drawn in and you're kind of deciding, you know. And as you say, the footage that they have in the interrogation room with the aforementioned, unfortunately named Matt Mustard is, is spine tingling. Yeah, it's only three hours. It's uh, only three or, hours. Or three episodes. Yeah, three of, episodes of, and they're all about an hour each. So it is very entertaining is the wrong word, mm-hmm. but it is very compelling as well as being yeah. very serious. It, it struck me uh, talking to Frank Rainey the other day about Inside the Crime, his latest uh, yeah. uh, series, which is uh, about the uh, ab- abduction and killing of a woman called Una Linsky mm-hmm. back in 1971. And that was an Irish nightmare. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we're not without sin when no, it comes no. to... Because, again, um, maybe police barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, and wanting to go up a particular tree. Yeah, Just as a postscript to television watching, The Greatest Night in Pop. Oh, I love it. You see, that's my I watched it last night. So this is We Are the World, all these stars in one room, Bruce Springsteen, Ray Charles, Bob Dylan singing We Are the World with day's notice. Right the way through the documentary, which is an hour and a half long, we're hearing the song We yeah. Are The World which was written by, by uh, Michael Jackson and Lionel yeah. Richie um, and it doesn't pall no matter how many times we hear it and we don't hear the final version until the very end yeah. until the, the closing credits but how that was done the difficulty of it it's all a these great massive story. egos in massive one room. egos it's a great story and what I particularly found fascinating was Bob Dylan, you know, maybe the greatest songwriter of all time. He really doesn't do well in a choir because he's kind of, I don't think I can sing that. Like, so uh, it's a brilliant watch, though. It's a brilliant the, watch. Uh, if Lionel Richie was one of the heroes, Stevie Wonder's a hero too, as is Michael Jackson. I mean, it yeah. was just fantastic. And watch. I particularly like the Billy Joel bit. You know, I'm a big fan where he goes, I'm not opening a piano. <laughs> <laughs> who have you got on screen time besides uh, the We two have those directors. We have a great Irish filmmaker who's made a movie called Double Blind, Ian Hunt Duffy. And we're reviewing a great new movie that's Oscar nominated called American fiction. John Fardy, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.